All right, welcome everybody to podcast number 58. Um, we have some pretty special guests on this podcast, Tim and Dexter Wiseman, Adam Weber, and uh, from the PVA tour and fresh from their living rooms or bedrooms or wherever they're podcasting from, uh, Nick Pate and Mitch Hupe. Um, thanks guys for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so Mitch, originally from Winnipeg. Nick, I do believe you're from the Minnesota area. Yep. So it's practically as cold as Canada, but you know, just a couple eight hours separates the yeah. border. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not sure how familiar you are with five pin bowling, um, but I know Mitch probably knows a little bit. But I'm just gonna slap some details in here for um, some of the 10 pinners that may have followed you guys to this podcast. So they just understand a little bit of the game. And then we're going to ask you direct questions that either correlate with five pin and 10 pin, or maybe just some personal questions. And if you guys don't feel like answering, don't answer, don't worry about it. Um, so five pin bowling is played on the same dimensions as 10 pin bowling, same 60 foot lane, same width, everything like that. The only real differences is the equipment. So a uh, five pin bowling ball can be anywhere from four and three quarters inches to five inches. Or, and the ball weight can be three pounds, four ounces to three pounds, 12 ounces. And um, due to some regulation changes a few years back, five, the five pin um, dimensions can be anywhere from 17 inches apart to 18 inches apart, which I do believe 10 pin they're roughly around 12 inches apart. And then oiling is mostly just a flat pattern from anywhere from 25 to 40 feet. Um, oil is not such a huge part of the five pin game. Obviously it does affect some of it, but not nearly as much as you guys where you have to create holds and throw <laughs> lots of revs. <laughs> so with that yeah. small uh, bit of information going out, um, I guess my main my main questions for you guys will start out with uh, how does it feel to represent your countries at on an international level? Because I know Nick, you're part of Team USA for a second time this coming year, and Mitch, you've been a part of Team Canada for quite a few years here. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's hard to compare to, to anything else, really. I mean, I'm sure many of you guys have maybe represented your province or maybe your, your city. Um, but the country is definitely a step uh, above that. Um, you definitely feel that additional sense of pride. And I mean, when you're out there, you're not representing yourself anymore. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. But, you know, you're representing Canada. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, representing Team USA, um, it's my third year. Yep, my third year, second consecutive. Um, just being able to represent the red, white, and blue. I know, um, you know, us Americans, we take pride in representing our country, sometimes a little more than, than others. Um, being able to be one of those, like, ambassadors for the sport of bowling for the United States, um, there's no better feeling. And, you know, like, got a couple of medals um mitch obviously has some with canada like there's no better feeling than hearing your national anthem being played while you're standing high on the podium yeah for sure i uh, i know you guys have both won golds internationally um i i couldn't imagine uh standing in front of a whole international crowd and getting a gold medal wrapped around while your while your anthem is playing that is uh, pretty incredible yeah, it definitely gives a uh, like sense shivers on your spine. Even just thinking about yeah. it and remembering. Yeah, it. for sure. You know, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it because it's cold outside. But <laughs> <gold medal. laughs> 
I think we hit like 15 degrees Celsius today. It's balmy up here in Alberta. Yeah, so. I had, that's that's what it was here in the, the Twin Cities. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, did, how did you guys go about qualifying for those tournaments, those internationals? Uh, we both have like a, a team trials. So once a year, they'll hold a big tournament um, over, you know, almost a week's span. And uh, yeah, they, they set you through qualifying each day and at the end of the the tournament you know you rank and the top x amount of players will directly qualify and then they'll have another set um, of spots that they set aside for additional picks yeah and then going forward i know for like the gold medals i won for like pan american games there was an additional qualifying amongst the team where it was four four days of bowling every day and then the masters was part of like a point. So they just combined points within the team. And that's how you got to like qualify on, uh, on um, like our, uh, to get chosen for that. And top two uh, within the team got picked for that. Yeah. They so had like they a kind of went a step for, within yeah. their team. Whereas us, it's just, um, it's just picks basically based on resume yeah. or who they want to, to send for experience, um, the committee, the head uh, high performance committee will pick who they want to send to international tournaments. Hmm. So there's a governing body that does that for you. Interesting. Yeah, we have a high performance committee. Hmm. Tim, why do we not have a high performance yeah. committee in Canada? <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're for five bin, I should say. For five we're bin. not international, but but do you, Mitch? Do you ever find that being an issue though? You think with. Uh, selections like don't you think that some people might deserve to be on some people might not deserve to be off i know you probably can't really comment uh, <laughs> i mean yes and no it, it creates difficulties probably right sure yeah and i mean I, I guess you i mean you don't want any bias coming to play but i'm sure some does but i think at the end of the day they, they want to send whoever they think um will perform the best or if it's a year where they want to send some newer players to gain experience and they'll do that. Everything they do, I think, has the right heart behind it. Okay, that's fair, yeah. So where uh, where have you guys played internationally? Um, Nick, you, I've been, I, like, <laughs> non-USA stuff, I've been to uh, Italy, Germany, Spain, Sweden, Peru. Am I missing one? Sounds about right. Kuwait. Yeah, Kuwait. I think I think that's that it that's it. Um and then like representing USA, it's just been Peru. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I've been to, to most of those places as well. Um and then Hong Kong and Panama, a lot of the South American countries, um like Panama, Puerto Rico, Dominican. Um yeah. That is awesome. Colombia. Good for you guys. What a great way to travel the world. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really it's, great. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nice. We got into the wrong sport, guys. I forgot one. I, I, I've, oh. I've been to Canada. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that counts great. for me. <laughs> At least you guys get to go to like Saskatchewan and stuff. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we were supposed Indiana. to go to Newfoundland. Newfoundland's, you know, different. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, no Newfoundland this year. It's, it's better in Winnipeg, I hear. So it's, I'll take yeah. Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, I guess going on with the topic. So, 
you guys on the PBA tour, um, obviously, um, I'm a follower of 10 pin, so I understand that the oil pattern is played on a sport pattern. It's usually a lot tougher and stuff like that. Um, for the guys that may not follow 10 pins so well, um, could you explain the difference between somebody going and playing in uh, just a house shot in their local center and then playing an event on a PBA tour? Yeah, so uh, when, when, oh, did no, you want to answer that one? No, no, you got it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so like when uh, when they when they oil on your house pattern, uh, there's typically a higher concentration of oil in the middle part of the lane, and then as you go more towards the outside, you know, when you get to arrows three, two, and one, there's less oil to make it. You know, you want to just stand left, throw it right. When you miss, all that oil is going to push it down. Um, but on the PBA tour it's kind of evenly displaced. Maybe there's less in the middle and there's more on the outside or, you know, there's more on first arrow, there's less than on second. Yeah, they can all they can do so many crazy things now. Mm -hmm. So um, for people that may not follow that, how does that make it a tougher pattern? Does the, the ball not hold as long does it snap faster what is the what is the difference between the two oiling differences uh i like to compare it to like so when you go to your um, typical house and there's a house pattern out it's uh, it's kind of like a bowl um, where the oil itself kind of guides your ball towards the middle so in that aspect it makes it easier whereas um on the pba tour it's more of a plate so uh, there's nothing you know trying to ramp it back towards the, the pocket or the head pin. Um, there's yeah. no, you know, invisible bumpers or, or whatever, however you want to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine taking all the oil off like the first, the first three boards there. That's, that's your saving grace. That's, that's where you're not going to Del Ballard it and throw it in the gutter. Right. That's, yeah. Some don't, of want, don't want that to happen. Yeah. Some of don't us. want that to happen. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel so, like I hit a soft spot there, Nick. That's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nick has an interesting story you know, about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? Did do you guys know that story? No. no let's I, hear it. Yeah. I happen to know it, but you can uh, you know it. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, I actually have a timer of uh when this story was gonna come up, so I have to hit stop. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell these guys about it either, Nick. So no, that was totally I generic. Uh, that's fun. So I uh <laughs> Bowling a, a PBA regional, and I'm in the finals. I actually climbed the ladder. I had shot like 250, 260, 250, and they were hard at the time. And I figured something out. And I had I'm in the title match. My opponent goes first. He can um, strike out in the 10th and force me to strike. He doubles, and then he gutters. So... I didn't register that he guttered. So I went up, I threw a shot and I 10 pinned and I'm like, I just lost. And then I'm like, no, 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 I can still win this. I need to spare this, you know, emotions run high. Um, I spared it. I gave it a little fist pump. Cause I thought it didn't, I'm like, I need, so now I need two pins. <laughs> I, I didn't think anything through and I should have thrown. Everyone's like, why'd you throw it down the middle? I should have thrown it down the middle. I'm going to say that I should have thrown it down the middle. Um, and I threw like a normal shot, missed it at the bottom and I watched it fall in the gutter and I lost by one pin, oh, no. 240 to 239 for my first ever, uh, it would have been my first regional title at the time, but 
Yeah, it kind of it went viral, and it's uh, we're a couple months away from the anniversary, so it'll go viral again for that time being. <laughs> but yeah, and ironically, it was on the Dell Dell Ballard pattern. Oh really? So it's yeah. just, okay. So it's more indicative of gutters on that on that pattern. Yeah, because it yeah, is now it's thirty. <laughs> 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 yeah it's only it's only uh it's only 34 feet so i mean shorter yeah. patterns you want to play closer to the gutter yeah um yeah, yeah i trusted it but live that's and so learn crazy. Yeah. that's so crazy yeah. that it came up generically that's yeah crazy. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you, you seem to like, like handled it pretty well know, yeah 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 that the dell ballard thing is uh uh, a well-known story on the five-pin side. We all joke about that kind of situation, stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately for Nick, now it may be yeah, the Nick Pate. The Nick Pate, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> we we have a buddy of ours, uh, Aaron Arndt. We we called him Dell Ballard for years because, well, he he's done a few things. But the one in five-pin, uh, in, in some of the wood lanes, we have lane guards that are at the arrows uh, to stop people from lofting the balls onto the softwood. He went up. Uh, during the open, which is one of our, our, our biggest events uh, in provincials team event. And he actually threw the ball up over this lane guard and into the lane next to him. Uh, <laughs> so he's forever Del Ballard. Forever Del Ballard. Yeah. Does that count as a zero or? Uh, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's <laughs> a definite zero. Yeah, yeah that's a definite good. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to kind of get over that moment, Nick? <laughs> I'm just, probably just never gets brought up and then i mean up until i won my first regional so it was four five months four months maybe three it was a few months at least until i'm like this will forever haunt me until i win my first regional and then in september i won my first regional so but yeah and it it was harder because People give you a hard time over it. I have a group chat with a couple of internationals called the Gutterballers, and it's someone got it tattooed on the back of their leg because it's just funny. So now we can't. So now it's there forever. Oh, I love it. That's good. Yeah, you got to be able to laugh at yourself sometimes. Uh, yeah, I do it a lot. Um, so if some of the listeners don't know, uh, Mitch and Nick are part of a group called the house. They have a Patreon page and all that good stuff. Um, so one of our questions to you guys is how has, um, being a part of that group and doing the Airbnb thing with these guys, how has that helped you on PBA tour and how has it maybe become a detriment on tour? Um, I think it's really helped just for the fact that we're all basically well we're all friends to begin with but we're all like the same age we all kind of entered the pba around the same time so we're all going through the same thing um you know we have one of our guys who happens to have like caught fire and he's taken off chris prather um and he's able to to help us and and you know guide us along the way (laughs) (laughs) um pay for our meals it's great Yeah. Um, but and no, it's, like, it's really nice to the, start. Uh, just one yeah. last thing. It's really nice just to have guys at the end of the day that you can go back to the Airbnb with and talk like what happened, what would you guys see, as opposed to if you're on your own, like you don't necessarily have that, and that's an advantage to us. 
um, you know, we can discuss things on our way to the bowling alley when we get back. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a benefit. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Mitch there. Um, Barry their caught fire kind of helped it. Uh, uh, then Brad and Kyle built that their vlog up from from nothing to what it is now. And, um, just getting different personalities in their videos. They appreciate it. You know, the fans appreciate it. Um, and then we're turning to something bigger. Um, we got a couple of things in the works, but uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, the, the downfall sometimes is I think uh, like it doesn't happen very often, but if all like seven or eight of us have a bad block, then it's a really bad house at the afterwards. Um, but if like a few, then, you know, they get their 10 minutes each, they get the vent. And then usually it's all said and done with, you know, I'll play on the computer, Mitch will play on the computer, Chris will play 2K, Brian Kyle will do Brian Kyle things. Um, Packy will, you know, dunk a hoop or something like that. Juggle. Whatever. Yeah, juggle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. Like you just, we all are all out there trying to chase the same dream and we all want each other to succeed except if we're against each other, then I want you to lose, but <laughs> I, I want, I want them to, I want them to succeed. And I think they want me to succeed. Uh, to follow up on that. Is it an additive incentive? If you guys make match play and you end up facing somebody in the house, is there <laughs> side bets and stuff going on during those matches? There's definitely side bets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, Brad and I we go back and forth at it. I'm, we get it on vlog to make sure. I'm like, Brad, I'm gonna beat you. Let's get this on camera. And then I remember specifically, he shot. It's the show he made in uh, Shawnee. He shot 260 to my like 210. I'm like, all right, so now I owe him dinner. Or I owe whoever dinner. But yeah, there's definitely side bets. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Is there a lot of gambling on tour? <laughs> I mean, we, bowling we have, is gambling. We have plenty here. Yeah. <laughs> bowling is just a big gambling uh, yeah. event, anyways. <laughs> I know I don't do it while I'm bowling. Afterwards, you can if there's a casino, I might be there once a week, once, just once. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I, don't, I can't. I would assume, or I think there's more gambling going on on PBA, but who knows. Do, do you guys party much like so uh, so in five pin like we party quite a bit in our in our five pin like our major cash tournaments there's a there's a lot of liquor consumed i'm not gonna lie uh, <laughs> uh I, i've heard 10 pin isn't as much partying as there is in five pin but you guys will know better than i will i mean i think it really uh, depends on the group because i mean at the end of the day like we are a bunch of uh like 25 year olds or so so yeah. i mean we do um drink with each other but nothing nothing really crazy at least in our group um yeah ridiculous. yeah you, you guys don't throw started. people through walls or anything like that no through we had to stop that's, that's pretty tame. <laughs> <laughs> i know when i come up to canada and bowl a 10 pin tournament it's a lot different than my bowl <laughs> tournament in the states because the alcohol consumption skyrockets in Canada and they start, they start at nine 30. I'm like, I yeah. just quit at seven 30, two hours ago. How am I supposed to start again? We call yeah, that the, the rates definitely go up. When yeah. We go oh. yeah. yeah. Thanks, Plus thanks, the beer Alan. is stronger there. So the beer really is stronger. Like 
at uh, Heroin Beer at the stadium, Saddledome. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You guys obviously you know what Heroin Beer is, That's right? Thing, yeah. 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 Ah. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had uh, we had so, front row seats there a couple of years ago when they played the Wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge I'm a huge hockey fan, so my goal is to go to uh, all the stadiums and obviously hockey's big in Canada. So every time going to a city, I like to go to a hockey game. Um, the first year, actually, the year that I won the Calgary Open, they played the Wild on one of the nights. So I found some really cheap seats front row. Um, <laughs> And just watched a wild and drank so m- that was uh Mitch just come back from winning uh, the world gold. So I said, I'm gonna buy you a drink. And then I Googled what beers I have at this stadium, and that's how I knew about heroin beer. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I put that to the test and I woke up the next day feeling like absolute death after drinking so many beers at the saddle dome. I'm pretty sure we went to Cowboys Casino too. right after. Yeah, yeah, they were like $19 for two yeah. 14-ounces or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, you can't it's like find $5 that anywhere at hockey. Yeah, yeah, you can't find that, <laughs> that anywhere. <laughs> yeah, when the Oilers used to play in the old uh, Rexall building, they were called cocaine beers. They're, it was the same cocaine thing. Cocaine beers. Yeah, you would have two beers and you'd – feel like you're erect and it's just, just the time in the beer stent in the lines or something mm-hmm. yeah yeah but that's why i like going back to calgary it's, you know, it's a different tournament <laughs> <Just for the laughs> it's a different tournament i like it the format's fun and i mean the partying's pretty fun too canadians are awesome yeah mm. i've i know we're like i know where cowboys casino is I, I could draw you a map like right now. I just know you you go downtown, you take a right and left, and it's right there. <laughs> Been there enough now. Um, you had mentioned that Mitch just came back from winning a gold at uh, the Worlds there. So, Mitch, I do have a question. Um, I've been following Tenfim for quite a while, and there's a gentleman out of Ontario that I followed quite uh, frequently, I'm sure most Canadians did if they were into ten pin bowling. How was it competing with uh, Dan McClelland? Uh, it was great. I mean, obviously he's, I want to say about ten years older than me, and he had been on the Canadian team ever since I I joined. Um, so he was definitely a huge mentor factor. Um, I mean, I think he's probably one of the most decorated Canadians in ten pin. Uh, yeah, no, he was an inspiration, and it was great to compete with somebody that you look up to and learn from him and you know have him by your side through a, through a moment like that it's pretty special yeah for sure um i think did you beat him in the step ladder the last year he played i did yeah no i beat him um in the semifinals. <laughs> that was nothing the, nothing he retired. To beat your he retired after that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just retirement. crushed his will <laughs> <laughs> um so I guess we'll, we'll keep on the same track. So the PBA League obviously um, introduced two more teams. And unfortunately, Mitch, from what I've seen, you got released from the team that you won the league with. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys feel that you're going to get drafted again this year? And if so, do you have a team that you want to join? I think we both have pretty good odds. We're both 
in the top 30. So we're definitely on everybody's radar as far as that goes. Um, and I'd love to go back to Portland. It's definitely a hometown advantage to have that crowd uh, literally like will all the pins down for you. Um, I don't think anybody doesn't want to be on the hometown team. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm just hoping to get drafted this year. I felt like uh, I was snubbed last year. I'm not going to lie. I thought I put up a decent resume at the time the tournaments happened. Um, but mentally, I wasn't ready. So year later, mentally strong. Uh, put up another good resume this year. Made my first TV show. I feel like that has a lot to do with it. And I like my chances being drafted. Um, yeah, like Mitch said, going to Portland would be cool with Timmy Mack. Um but honestly, just getting drafted would be a dream come true. I've had – so after I didn't get drafted, I'll show everyone. This is a good story. Um, but it's my phone. I took a screenshot of the league logo, and I've had it on there ever since I didn't get drafted as to remind myself uh, goals that I want. I know it sounds sappy, but um, that, was, uh, that was one of my goals is to make the league. Sorry. Yeah, that's you gotta find ways to stay motivated all the time, right? That's, yeah, it's a good subtle reminder every day. It's tough though because like you're you're kind of in somebody else's hands. I mean, you can you can do the, the yeah. best you can, but at the end of the day, like they have to pick you. Yep. Um, like Nick said, like Which he had is... a great year last year, but at the end of the day, like he can only do so much. He can't pick himself. Yeah, I should have just gone because <laughs> if I was could have heckled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The thing is, someone got injured, and they were asking about me when I was in Madrid. I was coming home from Madrid, so like, or San Marino. I was coming home from Italy or something, and I couldn't be there. But you know, rightfully they picked Jake Peters, who, you know, he just made the match. So, so I mean, it made sense. But nonetheless, like, bad luck. Got to be there next time, no matter <laughs> That's what. Right. You should have known. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, who who got hurt that had that be replaced? That was uh Maldonado, I think. Sean Maldonado. He got hurt. And then uh they call they tried to get a hold of me, I think, and then they got a hold of Jake Peters because he was in Detroit doing junior gold and they just flew him out there and he bowled. Cool. Hmm. So for our listeners that may not follow the league, uh, who who does pick the teams? Is that is it? Does it like the owners sit down and you know do a draft that way, or how how does that work? Uh, each so team I know has this, a yeah. designated captain. Um, some of them are the like, players in the industry. Some of them are uh, tour reps. Um, There's kind of a large uh, difference, and I guess the owners. But um, yeah, they essentially they have a list of the available players. You have to be ranked in a certain. Um, top number i think it's top 75 whereas last year was yeah. top 40 and um yeah they, they do a draft just like you would any other sport do they keep people every year or like is there a set number of people they have to keep and a set number number that they have to you know yeah they can keep a maximum of three some okay. some years they have dropped um more than than two so they've only kept two players like last um, year the styles kept two they yeah, drop. if they want to just rebuild a different team, they can keep yeah. one or zero. Yeah, yeah. How many players? So then it's a, it's a snake draft. Five. Yeah, uh, snake, draft. Snake, snake draft. And they added two new teams this year, so we're at ten. 
10 teams. Uh, the new, it's Las Vegas and Milwaukee are the two city names. It's Shelley uh, and Marshall Holman, I believe, are the captains. Yeah, so, so in this case, two older players um, yeah. are the, the right. team captains. How, yeah. how would uh, Marshall Holman being a captain, how would that? Uh, he's got some fire in his belly. That <laughs> year you guys up pretty yeah. good, eh? Yeah, I think he definitely would. I, there's a maybe a rumor going around that he's not a fan of lefties as much. I just over <laughs> overheard some rumors. Uh, but the thing is, you need a lefty <laughs> in Maine because they kind of – they just – it's really nice there. It's like – looks like a hot shot for them. But – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if def- uh, five pin is the same way with ten pin, whereas like the left and right side are, are fairly different. Um, like the pattern, because of the way the oil is dispersed, with more since the majority of the population is right-handed, more bowling balls changes mm-hmm. the pattern quicker versus the left-handers. There's left overall, so their pattern becomes not as altered as quickly, which can be advantageous or disadvantageous depending on the difficulty of it. Right. I don't know if it's the same in five pin at all, if there's any disparity yeah. between the two. So in five pin, there's like a running joke. We always make fun of left-handers just as a uh, dominant thing because most players are right-handed. But as for like pinfall or lane breakdown, there is no difference. A lefty can score just as well as a righty at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. Our, with our balls being as light as they are and how fast that say. we throw it, um, uh, the oil doesn't disperse really at all. Not Not a lot, that's for sure, so... Um, uh, our, our breakdown is really minimal. And, and I mean, for us, for our major cash tournaments and stuff, majority of the centers with Regina being the only one that's probably different, um, we oil once a week. Like, so we'll oil wow. Thursdays before the tournament and then it'll run the entire weekend. And there'll be some breakdown throughout that time period, but it's pretty consistent across the across the lanes. Anyways, it's just the oil evaporating really more than anything, so. Is it is it oil? Is it the same oil as ten pin? For some reason, I thought somebody told me it was like a wax, more of a waxy. No, 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 it's, it's the same oil. oil. Yeah, it is for sure. Same oil. Yeah, it's just usually laid out pretty thin. Yeah. Okay, say like six microliters or even less. Is that too much? It's so like it's a lot like of people hand yeah. spray, like right? eight squirts yeah. from the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey. Yeah, I I hand you ours at, at work here, so it's everything's by a squirt bottle. So I think it each week it's like ten squirts. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that that's okay. our measurement. Well, <laughs> yeah. They uh, they did a, a college tournament a year or two ago. It was the Hoosier Classic, one of the most prestigious tournaments in college bowling out here. Um, and for the finals, it's a top eight out of like sixty teams. And they decided to hand squirt the lanes, mm-hmm. and they had a thing of what, um, like, okay, I'm gonna hold down for this much pressure for this long. I'm gonna move this many feet and do it again and push the brush, and then this is equivalent to something like that. It, it ended up being a train wreck, and they had to throw plastic balls, but like, it's still kind of cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we bowl tournament each year um, in Oklahoma. That's a like a hand sprayed tournament. Oh yeah. It's known, it's known for like its difficulty because I mean you can't really do the same thing twice and especially in no. Tempin where like the, the pattern is so uh like it's just a necessity to, to have that be consistent. Yeah consistent. Yeah. Same with the Peterson Peterson Classic. That's 
all hand oiled and messed up lanes and messed up. Yeah, you can't see anything. That's yeah. a that, that's a big difference between our games. I think. I mean, and five pin is getting there with like you know being able to read you know how things are reacting with the pins and whatnot of the different balls. Um, but we're nowhere near what ten pin is, and and I I feel like ten pin has got a a different level of intelligence that goes with it, um, because you have to be able to read and be so aware of the oil breakdown and how it's changing all the time and what balls react with this. And um, I I love it. I, I think I think that makes the the game or the high end of your game super interesting for it for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But that's definitely a big disparity between the two the two games. Yeah. The the big difference, or the only time oiling gets into an issue with five pin is if it's over oiled. Like um, when you throw in, the ball comes back with a ring of oil on it. Okay. Then the the ball never really gets into a tumble at the end of the lanes. It's still gliding or yeah. sliding on top of the oil, and then the pin reaction totally changes. And then that's where you run into some weird hits and you get some weird splits, and it it gets uh, frustrating for players that don't um can't adjust fast enough to figure out how to get their ball to enter the pins the right way um especially if they're used just to throwing one way all the time um an over over oiled house can definitely um hurt hurt their chances pretty fast yeah how how quick are you guys able to make those in-game adjustments or uh are you able to figure that out in in practice sessions ahead of time you can figure some out in the practice session, but I mean, that's really the difference between the, you know, the top elite and the people like Nick and I that are, are still learning and growing. Um, it's how fast you make the right decisions. Cause a lot of it is educated guessing, but a lot of it is also um, being that smart, guessing. I guess, and calculating mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've built with Belmo a lot in my uh, couple of years on tour and I, um, how fast that he moves and just does everything right. Um, obviously, with his power and his form, he his guesses become there's more. What would it, how do I say that? Less mar, or there's more margin of error, I guess. Yeah, more right? leeway. It, yeah, more leeway. He could miss more than I can on his guess versus mine. But the fact that he's making that guess just shows like he's the best in the world at what he does and how fast he does it is that there, trust factor yeah yeah is for there sure. something with belmo um because of his power and his revolution stuff is there a way that he can force the lane to cooperate more with him than other players have that <laughs> option right yeah like, that's yeah. definitely what he's figured out is he can force the pattern to kind of play to his advantage um, yeah, and that's what 100%. a lot of the top players can do. Right. I think the goal in ten pin bowling, especially at our level, is to make the lanes good for yourself and bad for everyone else. And I think Belmo does. He obviously does that the best. Right. And when he can't, he just squeezes water bottles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys know all the. I'm over. Yeah, if Belmo, <laughs> Belmo ever watches this, uh, that was a shot fired, and Dexter wants you yeah. to tune out. And... No, at our yeah. center, I actually have a, a Sean Rash bobblehead and a Belmo bobblehead and a, a plastic water bottle stuck in between them, just <laughs> just because I think I'm funny. <laughs> um, awesome. 
We uh, we had a question come in uh, from Mike. Um, do you guys keep a diary from each center, like a like a log from each center as to like what worked there and what didn't, or what balls, or do do you guys keep track of that kind of stuff? A lot of players do. Uh, I personally don't do it as much as I probably should. I think that is an advantage because a lot of centers do have characteristics that um, they play to almost every time you go back. A lot of the best players, like Chris Barnes, who I'm, I'm sure you've heard of, Chris Barnes um, has, oh you know, God. like gigabytes of notes on his phone um, from every center he's ever been to and every time he's ever bowled there. Huh. And he'll go back. Yeah, it's over like 10 plus years, I'm pretty sure. And it's he's always brought that those notes with him. And he's always looking at every game. He's like, I bowled on this lane this year. Blah, blah, blah. I did this. Oh, it's doing the same thing now. Oh, you know, they put new panels in. Um, yeah, I, I, I started doing it a little bit. Um, I have a few notes in there, but not as much as like Chris Barnes, um, but, uh, I use, uh, I use kind of just like in the moment, I, I'll remember in the moment, like, Hey, this, you know, this panel's new. It kind of was like that last year, you know, do this, but yeah, Chris Barnes' notes are, are just, you could keep scrolling. Right. Um, so from say year to year um certain centers we go to you know that the pin set isn't quite right on one specific lane or something like that so you kind of notice those things from year to year is that kind of the same thing in 10 pin or does the pin setters pretty much change every time you go to a new center or go to that center the following year hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the pins can be offset, but I don't think there's much you can do in 10-pin to, to get around it. More so what we keep notes for is uh, the topography. So, like, if lanes have been, like, minor bends in them, um, it makes a big difference on what our, how our ball reacts. Right. So, yeah. trying to avoid and, the grooves and that have been worn. Yeah. 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 And then the, the racks, um, I think to, like, get those straight, you just have to tighten the the pin bracket i don't even know if i'm saying it right it's something with the, like the pin cup it's just like a tightening of a bolt or something that moves it like left and right and front and back i was actually talking to my buddy uh anthony Simpson, and um he was working on a machine and he's like yeah you just gotta i'm gonna i know how to do left and right like move the pins left and right so they're set but i'm gonna have my friend show me front and back and i think it's um just like tightening um like a screw so much that it moves. But a lot of the centers, they just keep them. If we, I don't, I don't know if we say something, then they fix them for the next year, for the next week. I know what happened a couple of years ago. They weren't so great in a certain place. And then there was a tournament, a different non-professional tournament at uh, the same place. And the racks were significantly better. So it's like, if you tell them politely, I think they'll listen versus you just screaming saying like these racks suck or something like that yeah it's weird it's weird <laughs> it's the same at five band. i can tell you, yeah. I can tell you that for you sure guys, yeah do you guys get players that'll, that swear they're gonna burn the place down when they leave the tournament or is that is that just the five thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've said that <laughs> um yeah so there there is a running um trend going on with five pin bowling and it may have been caused by us or something like that but is it the same in 10 pin are fat bowlers better bowlers or is that just <laughs> are we just off base there 
Uh, I don't you know, really there, think so. I don't know. There's some truth to that. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a little truth to that. Just a little. I have a buddy in college who, before I got there, was big. And then he worked out. Like, he lost probably 100 pounds plus. And he got big. And, and then he sucked. And it's like, wow, that's weird. And honestly, when Belmo was doing Belmo things, you know, he's still doing it. I think he was better like four or five years ago when he was winning everything. He was bigger then. Yeah. Now he, he lost weight. He, you know, he's more of an athlete type. He's still winning, but like crazy. <laughs> I, think, I think you just have to have some time to like adjust when your body. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially like drastic. Yeah, like your swing would change because now, like that part of yeah. body that's no longer there is there. Yeah, you don't. Go, you have to go around it. Yeah. Yeah. We're we only bringing this up because Dexter has a direct correlation to this exact topic. <laughs> you know, well, okay, yeah. So I was I was really big, and then I lost probably eighty pounds, and then I was like super skinny, but I was still good, but I wasn't as good as I am now. And then yeah, I gained I gained a whole bunch of weight back, and I've been significantly better ever since. So. Uh, <laughs> So I mean, yeah. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> Thanks, man. All I needed was the support. <laughs> hey. Drink um, to that, then. <laughs> we we have a, a couple of comments in our on our thread here. Uh, Nick, do you have a do you have a brother? I have two brothers. Is one, one is a half brother. Who who's Josh? That's my my brother. He says you're a stud. That's a little weird. <laughs> um what is uh, do you guys have sponsorships now what uh, one is with um is it columbia 300 yeah that's actually yeah it's one of my sponsors okay um they're a ball manufacturer yeah um, a lot of the people on tour have uh, bowling ball manufacturers as sponsors and and nick Since... you're with storm mm-hmm. yep storm Okay. And then we have uh, insert uh, finger grips and stuff. I'm a turbo, and then Mitch is with Vice. So it's just to make sure we have grips and, like, our thumbs and whatnot. Yeah, we use interchangeable thumbs. I don't know if you guys have ever – obviously, you guys don't use your thumbs um, in the bowling ball, but uh, one of the devices they make is is an interchangeable thumb. So every ball that you stick it in is, is the same feeling. Huh. It's supposed to be, yeah. That's, that's super neat, incredible. actually. And is that fairly I actually have one. new to the game? Is that is that uh, oh, I think I've seen Norm Duke like where you screw ten it years in. or so now it's been ten since years. it started. Wow. Wonder if I have do I have one nearby? So I can like grab a, one. A full insert or is it uh, Here, I'll show you. I'll sorry. grab one. I'm like two feet yeah. away. I was gonna say it's like the length of your thumb and yeah, I'll show you. So how do the sponsorships work for you guys? How does how uh, does that whole well, world work? I mean, just like any other kind of contract, I mean, you sign one and it has, you know, different terms in, in terms of like what you have to wear when you bowl. So we all have to wear patches of a certain uh, a certain size on our jerseys. Um, and then there's an incentive section of it. So if you're seen on TV wearing these patches, then you can qualify for X amount of dollars. Um, and then any kind of products that you need. Uh, I mean, in, in 10 pin, like we, we drill a lot of bowling balls. I don't know if it's the same in five pin where you, you use a lot of bowling balls, but we go through... I mean, Nick and I have probably drilled over 100 bowling balls in a, in a given season just because wow. they're so different. So we need grips for each one of those bowling balls, um, for both fingers, so two grips for bowling balls. So we're going through hundreds of grips as well. And 
they're made of rubber, so they tear and they they wear off as you bolt. So you have to replace them. Um, the grip, the grip factor is a is a big um, a big thing in ten pin bowling. Crazy. So I have the whole contraption with me, right? Mm -hmm. So this right here, it's like that. This is what goes in the bowling ball, and there's a certain um, bit, like a drill bit, that'll cut it down to whatever depth um, that your hole is at. Um, and then this is my thumb. So it locks in, like oh, okay. there's tape in there. So this is my thumb. Like, so I, I have it like this. So it fits my thumb and like, pretend there's a bowling ball, right? So obviously it's not shaved down, but it'll go in and you twist it. Now it's locked into place. Huh. So now hmm. you get the same thumb feel. Cause obviously this is, you know, on 10 pin, this is about 95% of uh, the air part in it is can you clear the thumb consistently? So having the same thumb in each of your bowling balls is extremely beneficial. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why you see a lot of two-handers um, yeah. being successful so quickly is they don't have that factor to deal with. Uh, yeah. The thumb's not in the bowling ball. Yeah, because you can have your thumb swell. You could have it shrink. Like you catch the edge of it. Like there's so much that – variable that goes into that thumb and like obviously the two-handers they just don't have that and yeah yeah it's just one less thing to worry about when yeah. bowling has so many different factors i mean to to reduce one thing is is like a thousand things mm -hmm. absolutely have but you yeah, ever so the one that have you guys ever had the thumb insert fall out yeah uh i haven't had it happen yet but uh I, um so this is a turbo one. Uh, Vice is a little different. They have like, I don't even know, Mitch would know more than I would. Um, but this is glued in all around into the bowling ball. And then obviously if, over time, if the glue just breaks down and you throw mm -hmm. it, then it's going to pop out. Or, Typically yeah. what breaks is like the locking mechanism. Because So they did yeah, a video a while ago on sports science um, where they break down like Sean Rash's bowling mm -hmm. and they calculate like the the – pounds psi the psi or something coming off his thumb at the point of release and it's like two thousand pounds wow that, that's coming off at that that's single crazy. point so that that little locking mechanism has to withstand that um and i mean over the last like 10 years or so these thumbs have been developed they've increased in research development all that so they're know, not like, breaking nearly as much as when they first did but i mean the thumb has to go through yeah. a lot right i know like when these ones break it's these tabs right here mm -hmm. the locking tabs so that's that's the turbo part Right. That, uh, that that's all it's break really a little bit in. and then and yeah. the device has a similar thing it's more of a twist um all the way around rather than a half turn but it's essentially the, the same thing yeah right so do your your thumb inserts do they usually outlive the bowling ball itself oh yeah 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 like this is my i've had this thumb probably for like a year or two maybe two years yeah I, so i have a thumb that i've been using for like five years yeah yeah hmm. once you find that good once you find that good thumb you just you keep on to that and you never let it go we we do the same thing with bowling balls adam's been playing bowling balls his whole career so yeah why change yeah i yeah, uh, wouldn't change that, yeah that's the thing about five pin the bowling balls really don't break down um you get into the some of the higher end bowling balls that have come out now the they're called soft rolls they're made by phipps bowling they have a little yeah. bit of softer feel to them so the uh the feel of the bowling ball will take some oil and it, it'll slowly change so i can see 
somebody changing that bowling ball out maybe after five years, but the star lines Adam throws, as long as you uh, take care of it, wash it, stuff like that, that ball will last him his whole career. Wow. I remember when I used to go <laughs> five pin bowling, I would always try to find the balls that have like little nicks in them so I could like have finger grip on it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you guys like ever do that or if that's even a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a thing still. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I've um, actually got uh, like one nick in one of my, my called my prime ball, my A ball. And uh, it always has to be lined up in the same spot every time. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least with that there, I know my fingers will never be on it. So it, it's the same shot every time. So. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if one ball lasts you your whole career, I, I drilled seven bowling balls at the World Series of bowling. Yeah, that was one um, tournament. I was, yeah, that was one Nick, tournament. I was telling them, like, you and I combined probably drill over 100 bowling balls in a season. At least, right. Yeah. yeah. There, there are guys out there that do end up playing like five or six uh, different balls within a particular tournament um, or if something's just not working. They'll just try something different. It's, yeah. I don't know. For, for me, it's not the ball. No, but, but, <laughs> but those people that like use those five balls, I mean, they've probably had those five balls for 10 years already too. Sure. They just carry them with them. They, That's great. Wow. They, don't, they don't break down. Not, not the same way. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have one that, like, that is typically for spares? So like in 10 pin, we'll have one that's like a plastic or a urethane that typically rolls straighter than the reactive. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to shoot at single pins or whatever kind of spare you leave. It doesn't come off line as easy. Do you guys have something like that? Not, not that specific thought pattern. Um, a lot of guys will have a specific ball that they'll always throw for a strike shot. It feels better in the hand. It rolls a little bit yeah. differently, but for spare shots, most of the time you're probably shooting at a single pin maybe maybe a side or something like that you don't need the ball to move a certain way you usually throw direct so it's just pretty much any ball it doesn't really matter a lot of players will actually use a house ball for their spare shot they'll just pick up a random ball off the rack oh Oh, really yeah Yeah. but but those those uh those balls off the rack are generally used way more um they're they're a harder ball to begin with and they're they're filled with oil because they're used all day, every day. So they tend to run really straight anyway. So um, there are people that do that for sure. Yeah. Um, We had a question. uh, Have you guys ever broken a bowling ball? Do you guys break bowling balls Uh ever? Um, I mean, they can crack over time just because, so like a 10 pin bowling ball has different layers. Like it has a top layer, which is like an outer shell mm-hmm. that has whether it's urethane or plastic. Yeah. Or um, reactive. And then it'll have an inner layer, which is like a filler material. And then it has a core inside that sometimes it'll separate and it'll cause cracking, especially cause we're drilling holes through all, all three layers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then like temperature changes, expands and, um, expands the, the holes and, yeah, it can crack, but I don't think you can really throw a bowling ball and it hit something and split open or something like that. Unless it's, you know, three feet from ground. I think I've yeah. done something like that. <laughs> like, from an, I think I did that. Like, just a scientific one of my own. experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I've, I've definitely done it for sure. Broken a bowling ball, you know, just power drive it into the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I know you guys ended up mentioning a few of the names uh, on tour that you know most people would know. Uh, when you ended up getting on the tour, uh, did you have any of those kind of starstruck moments with any of those big pros, those veterans? Um, I think the one that I had was last year when I was bowling a tournament. Uh, Norm Duke, who has been my idol since you know growing up, you just he's a, he's really good, obviously at bowling. He's my idol. And he, I was bowling next to him all tournament. And he said, nicely done, sir. Congratulations on making the cut. But it's that was my moment. I'm like, wow, you know, like he recognized me bowling well. He said something. He didn't have to, but he did. But that was my probably for now, that was probably my starstruck moment. But for sure. He seems like such a genuinely nice guy. Like it doesn't seem like there's a mean bone in that guy's body. He he means it very well, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mitch, um, Mitch, you so? Uh, yeah, I think I think every new player has a little bit of that. I mean, we were all kids at one point, and we were all watching guys like Chris Barnes and and Belmo and uh, I mean Dan McClellan even bowl on TV and to meet them and compete with them and beat them like that's that's definitely something you don't. Uh, think you'll experience as a kid so mm -hmm. i think you do have to take time to just appreciate that but um no i think we're both at the point now where they're just competitors they're colleagues yeah they're right. people that we see week to week for sure. the reason i ask is that we do have the uh, western canadian bowling tour and uh, i know there's a, a lot of the younger kids or uh, just coming out of uh, the youth bowling and uh, a lot of them have many reservations even coming on the tour for that kind of same reason or you know they see all these these names that are out there and, uh, they have a real hard time jumping in um at, you know hearing from a professional bowling level that it, you know it really doesn't take that long to kind of get over those those fields and just you know be a, a bowler with uh, the rest of the guys that's uh, probably really encouraging for a lot of our listeners yeah definitely if uh if you just gotta go out and do it i mean you, you won't know until you just try it and, you know just yeah, keep you know for the young ones you know yeah i mean try it a couple times you don't like it but like the experience saying like hey you got to compete with so and so um he is that good you know he does do this well and maybe one day i can practice and um be like him yeah for sure um i think that's kind of the the spot most like the four guys on this podcast have taken is um, not trying to turn those those kids away or try and be so intimidating to them trying to keep them in the game because a uh, five pin did kind of go through a downturn I know 10 pin kind of did there for a few years too yeah. um, it's just starting to gain traction again here up in Canada the pro side of things and trying to keep those kids in the game is kind of tough um, I guess that kind of segues into a good question for you guys up in Canada, we don't really have a school program for five pin bowling. Um, like there's no collegiate levels or anything like that. Um, I'm assuming both of you guys came up through the collegiate levels. How was that experience um, bowling for your college or your university? Uh, this one get brought up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Nick and Mitch I have two different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Nick yeah. went to like so, an up and coming school, and I went to like a well established, like long history school. So, Nick, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when I was 18, 
Um, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I changed my decision like three times and I finally settled on Midland University, just a small town in Nebraska, like Fremont, Nebraska. But it's like 30,000 people. Uh, nonetheless, uh, get there and um, I make, you know, so there's a varsity and junior varsity, like an A and B team. Uh, made the A team outright. Uh, learned a lot freshman year. Uh, that's where I met like my former USA teammate, Perry Crowell. He was my teammate there. Um, and then that helped me, uh, sophomore year, uh, we, uh, we made the TV show, <laughs> we, uh, so they have, uh, nationals. So you have sectionals where it's, do you guys know what Baker games are? Yeah. So, okay. So Baker games, uh, the qualifying for that is 64 of them over two days. Uh, so you do 16 <laughs> breaks, right, right. 16 breaks, 16. And then the next day early in the morning you do 16 breaks 16 and then top four out of the four sectionals there are go to nationals in a location and um i was fortunate enough to do it all four years mitch was in the same boat um my our sophomore year um we actually played each other on the tv show um mitch's team won but uh, i got that uh, tournament mvp um, that, yeah, yeah. Well, we we shot. We got TV time. Uh, <laughs> let's just say Mitch has Mitch has the last known video of that uh, that title ma- or that match because it was so bad for for. But anyway, um, and then like my senior year, I won the singles. I won player of the year. Won bowler of the year. Um, the college ranks definitely help you and like learning throughout is definitely beneficial because, you know, it, it helped prepare us for this tour that we're chasing our dream at. Like it, we see breakdowns a little bit quicker than someone versus not college. Um, and you know, I feel like the learning, the learning curve is smaller because, you know, you've seen it in college. That's what I have to say about college bowling. Yeah, you use it like as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and like the schedule really helps. Like I know at Wichita oh, yeah. State, like we practiced every like five days a week or four to five days a week for two hours a day. And I mean, if you do anything for that long for four years straight, like you're going to become a master of it. So having <laughs> that schedule, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely takes you to a new level. Oh, for sure. Hmm. So with that being said, you had all that practice time in college and stuff like that. I'm assuming your practice schedule isn't quite the same as a professional. Um, it's probably better. <laughs> probably better in college. <laughs> every, every person's different. <laughs> I know, like, if I'm – it depends what I want to do. Like, right now we've been off for, like – what is it? Two months now, month and a half. I would just go to practice to get the reps back. I would practice like two, three days in a row just to get the reps back. If I'm struggling with something physical, I would, you know, two, three, four days. Um, if I'm competing, then it's probably just like one or two days a week just to keep my, you know, my timing and everything feeling good. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, if I miss a cut, then I'll practice, uh, I'll take a day off practice and then it'll be time for next tournament. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, practicing two hours a day, every day, 
That's uh, that's tough. <laughs> Agreed, <Hey>, man. <laughs> we run a bowling alley, and we don't spend any time practicing. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, no. uh, we haven't we haven't even thrown a ball since we closed, so I'm I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so so what is the centers? How how does the centers work with you on that? I guess two hours a day. It's it's a lot of time on the lanes, right? Do they? Yeah, I mean, in our case, um, we actually they built a uh, eight lane bowling center on our campus specifically for us yeah um and they i mean it doubled as you know like a student center so students could go and and bowl if they Mm -hmm. wanted or they could have family uh families bowl or a birthday party stuff like that but i mean it was built for us Mm -hmm. that's awesome uh i just went to we had a a local center that you know was not a contract with the owner that you know we get to practice these days these days these days for this time um and you know yeah, we just had a little bowling center, and then eventually we got one of the uh, the fancy flex machines that oils for us. So that was kind of like our presence. And then obviously it's the the, um, it's the centers, but they they let us use it. So definitely mm-hmm. beneficial. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. I think a lot of like owners, I mean, they want to grow the sport. If you mm-hmm. know, you have yeah. these bowlers coming in and wanting to practice to 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 be a pro then like they they're all for it i think in most cases at least uh, out here it's a little bit different um like our center obviously i want to be biased i think we're we're for development and and people practicing obviously we have a huge problem like our centers are are, are a large center out here is like i mean 16 lanes 24 lanes really re- retrospect to everything it's the largest i think the largest one we have in edmonton in alberta is 48 so uh, but that being said, on a, on a weekend, you can't get a lane on a weekend of practice, right? So um, mm-hmm. a lot of the times, unless you want to play pay prime rates, right? And and uh, so yeah. that's that's real tough. And then if you're looking at uh, your league bowlers, I mean, our, our evening leagues are filled. So there's no real limited time or there's limited time for you guys to come practice, right? So like Adam will come after work for a couple hours before an evening league or whatnot, right? So um, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough scheduling around here. I don't know how it is down there. I know you guys have larger centers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you guys can help. Yeah, out. no, I mean, it is similar. And we have to work with the owners, proprietors. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're doing us a favor. So if they want us to come yeah. in at 10 a.m., then we're going to have to go in at 10 a.m. Which is fine, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, I think Nick goes at like 10 p.m. So if that's the only time yeah. available, then like, <laughs> yeah. we're more than willing to do it. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an expensive sport. Absolutely, is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I usually practice at night. I'm a night owl, so like the 9.30 to 10 o'clock to like 11, 11.30 doesn't bother me, and that's when I can get, you know, the fresh pattern. I can get any pattern I want, but. Right. Interesting. Um, besides the, the bowling suppliers or the bowling ball companies, do you guys have um, any other sponsors on the tour that helps promote the game, or is it just strictly kind of the bowling companies that do most of the, the sponsorships? Yeah, as of now, it's mostly just bowling, uh, bowling companies. I don't know if a lot of other companies see a market in it for them right now. I mean, we used to have big sponsors like Pepsi or Order Eaters or yeah, um, Amp, Eaters. Amp yeah. Energy. Yeah. Like, we did have sponsors at one point. Uh, I don't really know the story of what happened with all that. I mean, there's a few guys that I, still have outside sponsors, but for the most part, not really. I know all those people that wear like because Prather has like a bowling center and that fishing thing, I believe. I think in order to put it on his shirt, he has to give the PBA some money. So I think that's, I think that's how uh, they get their sponsorship is just put it on your jersey. Because we can have a, 
you can have if you wanted to make me a five pin universe jersey full jersey that said five pin universe you could pay uh, me twenty five thousand dollars a year and i will support that and then i have to give a certain percentage to the pba and that's that's how that works that's how that's how you would advertise you'd use my, my, the jersey i would wear and i would wear you know five or like three of them they say five pin universe all like the whole thing says five pin universe yeah to wear that so and then mm-hmm. they and you would give some of that money goes to the pba but that's right. how they kind of advertise now it's not like sponsors like the amp you know king of swing or whatever it was back yeah in it's tough um in 10 pin too because to sponsor an athlete is a, a large fee for a lot of companies like nick was saying like twenty five thousand for the big logo in the front i mean that doesn't even guarantee you like any tv time so like pepsi yeah. might pay a guy like belmo 25 grand to put their their logo on the center and that's not even guaranteeing that he'll make any tv shows so they're mm-hmm. taking a guess on that because they at the end of the, the week only five guys make a show and right. there's 200 people bowling so that company has to hope that whoever they're sponsoring makes a show at least one show and will they see that twenty five thousand back in one show or zero shows it's it's based off the one person yeah yeah what kind of goes on up here is um we all pay an entry fee to play each cash tournament right so um a lot of people will sell a spot on their shirt because we do the same thing we have pro shirts and stuff like that they'll sell a spot on the shirt for maybe an entry fee or something like that and once again, that's that's all on live stream that we don't have TV time in Canada anymore. We uh, we lost that a few years ago. So everything's done through um, live streaming on the internet and all that all that stuff. So um, a lot of the the sponsors that are sponsoring any players are essentially just giving money for the local players in that tournament just to see the sponsor, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I know, like when we were a sponsor. Um, and we make that TV show, you get an incentive for that or different based off of each player. But obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the, and it, it's, uh, like big, big Fox, uh, FS1. And then like live stream, the percentages vary. Okay. Have you Is noticed there... the big difference with Fox being in the picture now? Mm-hmm. I think that's the greatest thing that has ever happened. Yeah, to the I mean, the production is wonderful, amazing, and now like the prize yeah. funds are like so much larger than they were. Um, and then we had and Bolero taking over this year. Oh, yeah. I think bowling. I think ten pin bowling is in a great professionally at least in a great yeah. spot right now, and I think it's only going to go up. I think we're seeing it slowly going back up. Mm-hmm. We finally. Hopefully, see one day we can get back to like. Yeah, hopefully we can get like 1970 times where it's not uncommon for, you know, I think the goal is to have 20, 20 people make a comfortable living like 70,000 versus what is a top five, six, seven. Yeah, I think, it's up there. I think more than 20 people make about 70 or 80,000. Um, whereas like five years ago, there probably was only no, was, three or four was, people that made yeah like an average salary and they were yeah. the, the top 5% of a sport. Yeah, I think that was uh, on TV. I think that's the goal. Yeah, I think you want the top guy to make. You know, he can make his five. He can make his four hundred, five hundred grand. That's great. But you want to look at dumbish like the last, like well, just fiftieth for example. Can fiftieth make forty grand? Can they make a sustainable living out on the road? And I think, I think bowling is heading that way with Bolero and Fox. 
what are what are the majority of the other guy or the guys doing in their off time is, is it uh working at, at lanes or is it just general jobs or what what else do they do i think it really depends on where you're at i guess in your professional career um you know some people are making enough to where they don't have to have a job on the side but uh, guys like me and nick like we do have other jobs um to kind of pay for our experience on the tour where we we make a living well i have to pay for student loans but <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah Look, but uh so, yeah like Richard, with all his wings <laughs> oh, he, I asked him. He said no. But <laughs> I guess. Yeah, just one of those. I'm set. I'm set. Do you guys deal with uh, lots of injuries, or do you, do you have uh, any injury prevention to tips? Um, I think a lot of injuries are more so on like the hands and stuff because they go through so much. Yeah. Um, wrist, I mean, wrist, and knee, have, wrist and knee, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't have proper form, yeah, you can injure like your back or your knee or um, you know your forearm stuff like that. But I think a majority Shoulder, of players yeah. would say like they injure their thumb or their fingers the most, like the skin rips or um, yep. develop callus and stuff like that. I know to prevent it, um, obviously working out supposed to prevent injuries. I know sometimes <laughs> when you work injuries. out, you're you're so yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. I know Mitch does some – Mitch goes to the gym. I go to the gym. A lot of top guys go to the gym just to, you know, get the muscles of uh, waking up a little bit and, you know, prevent the injuries in the long run. Yeah. I don't know how many games you guys typically bowl, but, like, some of our major tournaments, we end up bowling, like, 50 games across four days or yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it depends. Like, our, our big cash tournaments, um, it depends. So, we have um, re-entries. So, it isn't one shot at making the cut. You can mm – -hmm. If there's four shifts, you can play all four shifts if you want to make the cut. Um, but so you make the Sunday on a lot of the events, it's like 32 games to make it to the finals. And eight games of qualifier. Yeah, yeah. eight games to qualify on, okay. on one of the shifts to get on to wow. Sunday. And then Sunday's roughly 32 games to win the event. Plus mm -hmm. plus wow. side games. I mean, we, we play it. We have other uh, events during the week as well, right? So that's optional. So yeah, so yeah we're it, seeing that a lot. So what's the. That is a lot. Yeah. yeah, it can be. What's what's the average <laughs> what's the average speed that someone throws it in five pin? There, there's a pretty um, big variance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like I, I mean, most like f females will start in around like twenty five kilometers an hour. I don't even know what that that translates to in miles. Uh, one point. Divide that by one point six. Six. One point six. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So whatever that is. <laughs> um and then and then guys like i mean i'll throw the ball at like 43 44 kilometers an hour okay. carry will throw it at like 50 that's uh, like a fine in the okay. school zone yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so so yeah. carry will throw it in like 30 with 33 miles per hour somewhere around there is there like uh like do you yeah. see results wow. the faster you throw it? Like yeah. in ten pin you can throw it too hard, so you get like yeah. not optimal deflection. Yeah. Whereas like okay. in, in five pin, oh you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. You get a lot of blow throughs, right? I mean, if your ball's too fast or too heavy, sometimes you'll just miss the corner, it'll go right through. But but for us, yeah, that's where too, you know, where you guys make your changes with like uh the oil patterns and stuff like that. That's 
will start making adjustments where their feet from side to side are and create okay. different angles to try to reduce those deflections yeah. or or deflect it into a different spot. So you, you can you can adjust the lanes to your shot for the most part. Yeah, a lot of guys won't um, adjust their speed so much. They'll just change their angles to try Goals. and uh, okay. get the better deflection or or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Kara, I know you were saying like there's different I... sizes. Why like why would you not want the biggest size? Wouldn't that cover the most on the pins? Yeah. So um, there's a pin bands on the actual pins, right? So there's rubber rings on them. Right. So back in the day, it was kind of designed that the five inch ball would kind of hit dead center of that band. So you'd get the, the flat push of your pins. But now over time, um, either the pins wear down or there's a new regulation where they installed new bases to these pins. They're actually sitting a little bit higher. So um, if you go to a house that has new pins, new bases, you might want a different size bowling ball where if you go to a different house, it's a completely mm. different reaction. So then um, you have like different sets of different sizes then? So you you, you do carry around more than two typically? Or? Yes. Yeah. Nope. I, I specifically do. I carry around six different <laughs> six different bowling balls. But Adam and Tim, they carry around the same set to every every tournament they go. So they'll change yeah. rotations, angles um, to get their pins to do what they want, where I'll use um, equipment to help me. Okay. Okay. And our fingers are really important as well. Uh, just with uh, just uh, like the release of it, we'll, we'll end up getting more either side action or end over end action, which will either drive pins backwards, drive pins down. If it's a, more of a push, pins will jump up type thing. So uh, fingers are, are pretty big for us as well. Hmm. What's the worst leave in five pin bowling? The head pin, right? So like take, yeah. take, is it? Uh, yeah, aces is the toughest to spare, um, but a head pin is the worst case scenario because you lose count. It's a hard, super hard spare, and it it, it slows the pace of your game. It's it, it counts pretty much exactly the same, just like an obvious strike. You get your next two balls doubled, right? Kind of the same idea. Yeah. So a, a head pin just kills a run. Yeah, so a, a head pin is when you knock out just the one pin. Just, yeah, just, the the, just that's what I was thinking. Run. Just straight back. That's that was my guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aces for us is uh, the equivalent to your seven ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's like it's definitely definitely the hardest the strings, right? Because you can't. It's harder on the strings because the pin doesn't get there, right? Yeah. 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 It's it, they're basically impossible. Yeah. You might spare might might spare one a year if you're lucky. Yeah. Well, aces <laughs> aces might be <laughs> once aces. a lifetime. Like really, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so for you guys, uh, we've been bombarding you with questions. Do you have questions coming back our way? Like Nick, the, obviously the the worst leave is clearly a head pin. But um, any more questions for us that you guys want to learn about the game? Uh, I'm curious, like how many tournaments you guys have? Like, is it every weekend? Is it? I know. So, I know personally. So uh, before you uh, answer yeah, that, I know personally right. in ten pin bowling in Canada, uh, like in Winnipeg, like we we had one maybe every month and a half. Like it, we did not have a lot of tournaments back home, which is a part of why I decided to live and continue to stay here. Is we, I can mm-hmm. find something every weekend. Right. So uh, kind of along the same line. So um, the Pro Tour only has really four major tournaments throughout the whole season. But there is a lot of small houses that run smaller events. Um, 
they run like just eight game no tap tournaments or or stuff like that so there is if you really wanted to you could play every weekend um you just have to do a bit of traveling to do it but um for big money it's yeah it's once every month, once every couple months, mm-hmm. kind of thing. What what is like big money? Like ten thousand to win, five thousand to win, yeah, like 1,000? 10,000 10, to win. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, five pins a little threats. bit. Sorry, five pins a little bit different. We have we well, I mean, I don't know if it's different, but we have a lot of governing bodies. Like there's uh, there's a Masters Association, there's the Canadian Five Pin Association, there's Bowl Canada, um, and then there's the WCBT, which is our cash circuit too. So um, we may only have like major cash tournaments once every, you know, two months, uh, but um, we have other tournaments for other things kind of in between almost every weekend. So, I mean, if you wanted to play every weekend, you definitely could. Um, you just have to be involved with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Two part so, question, kind of. I guess. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So I'll I'll just uh, kind you, of finish up on the yeah, yeah. pro tour thing. Yeah. Um, there was two hundred and sixty five entries to make a ten thousand dollar first place. So there isn't a bunch of sponsorship money in that prize money. That's all bowlers' money, pretty much going into that. Okay. In a, in a 16 lane center. Yeah. Legit. But but I bet you there's well, enough beer to go around. Tons. Tons. We've never run out. <laughs> no. <laughs> um are you guys like a Labatt's type person? Or are you like what is it, Molson's? <laughs> Moosehead. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm currently drinking AGD, which is Ooh, likewise. Yeah, uh, Big Rock product, which is uh, a brewery just outside uh, Calgary or in Calgary. So we'll yeah. try it next time we okay. go to Calgary. Yeah, yeah. I I like to get them to sponsor what? this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was your two part question there, Nick? Uh, the first part. What, what, what's considered like no tap? I know for us, it's when you get nine down. What uh, What is that? It's the same thing if you get all of them but one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Left or right. And then, oh, okay. There has to be those specifically? Yes. Yeah, or a thir- they call yeah. it a 13 count. Yeah. Or okay. or there there is some small tournaments that will run like the 12 count counts as well, where it's just the one any three been standing. So it's any four. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, tip it, typically it's a corner pin standing. Because in uh in ten pin no tap is like you can get any nine down, mm-hmm. like you could get all of them down except the head pin that counts as a strike. And they even go down to like six pin no tap. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, the other one is so the worst break. What's what's like the bad luck break? I know like for uh for ten pin it's like an eight pin. You can argue the seven ten or like a ring ten. What's that like bad luck hit? A, we call it a buried corner where you you throw it exactly where you want to and the ball just blows by the corner pin blows, okay you, you could be throwing the same shot frame after frame and you're getting strikes getting strikes and then all of a sudden it's a ring or a, a buried corner um 
or some guys think a split is one of the worst worst or, hits but or, or we've seen we've seen pocket aces where you just absolutely like put a flush Shut in the up. pocket yeah. and all of a sudden you <laughs> both corners well uh we'll tag you in a, in a photo and a video later you'll see cool. you'll, you'll see what yeah. that looks like <laughs> so um just to give a little context to it perfect games don't happen very often in five pin like um yeah, throughout the whole yeah. country there might be 10 perfect games throughout the year in all all of canada wow. um so on the pro tour there is an escalating perfect game pot that everybody puts $20 into. And if you throw a perfect game during the tournament and you were in the pot, you win the, the escalating pot. Well, one year at the Automobile Open in Calgary, um, the pot was at $15,000. Uh-huh. I was on a 10-bagger from the gun and I threw it dead into the left pocket and got aces. And it was, it was brutal. <laughs> Dang. So $15,000 just gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys have the same 10th frame? Like it's three three shots? Yeah. yeah. You bet. Just now when you say aces, that's what, the what, what, what are corner the, pins. Yeah, oh, the, the same, oh, okay. the same okay. 10, yeah. yeah. Oh, dang. That's crazy. Only 10 perfect games happen a year because we can see 10 in one tournament sometimes. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. I think Nick had 10 in one tournament once. <laughs> I had three for sure, right? Yeah. I had three, yeah. And it's 299. <laughs> but 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 doesn't it lose the luster after a while? Streaming a perfect game after no. doing it so many times? No? No. No, that was 100, that's $100 each time I do it out there. Oh, really? Because every, t- every time I see Belmonte throw one, he's like, yeah, yeah, like no big deal. Like I was like. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not as exciting for us because us, it's just like, a really good game and yeah we yeah, do get a hundred dollar bonus for doing oh, it do it's okay. just it's just a good game yeah. really versus yeah. i imagine I mean, it's just... people freak out when somebody shoots a perfect game and... uh, yeah. everybody, yeah. Stops, everybody yeah. stops after like eight from the gun they'll just stop <laughs> and they'll watch the players yeah yeah <laughs> and it was like that in 10 pin when i was back in winnipeg because we only had um like three or four perfect games a year in in manitoba yeah um, but when i moved down here like it was it's so common to have a perfect game do, do you still keep count or? Uh, no, I would sound like it's probably over 40 or something like that. I can tell you, PV, I think I have six PVA, six or seven PVA ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the, because uh, you're supposed to get a ring and then every one, every 300 you get after the ring is a diamond in it. And then once you fill, I think it's 12, you get a second ring and then just so on. Okay. Right. So just to tell you how, how uh, rare it is, Everybody on this podcast is a national champion at least once or more than that. And a major cash tournament champion. How many perfect games are on this podcast, boys? Well, you got most of them. Yeah. I got one. <laughs> I, I don't have one, but I still make cuts, Kerry. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I passed my prime, boys. <laughs> uh, I have three, and I know uh, Timmy, unfortunately, is one pin short. Yeah, hanging corner on the last one. Yeah, so 448. I used to yeah, work with so. a guy um, in Winnipeg who claims, or he claimed, he was the only person in Canada with a perfect game in both uh, both games. Who was that? And His name was Ed McCarthy. He was the owner of uh, one of the bowling centers. Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, I know Steven, St- Stevenson, Stevenson has one. Yeah. Stevenson has one in both, right? Yeah. Tom does not have one in five pin. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say I don't know about five pin. He doesn't. He mm-hmm. never. Tom. So Tom Stevenson was one of our. Was well, he's still playing and he's still phenomenal. But he was one of the best like Canadian five pin players out there, and uh, he decided to play ten pin one year when he was like fifty five, 
and in his first year he he threw a perfect game of ten pin, and he's he's <laughs> never he's never thrown on a five pin. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Tony Ward has one in both. Oh, you go. Yeah, I was gonna say like Levi. I um, I don't think he's had one in both. He's at like a four ten and a and three hundred and uh, ten. Pin. Yeah, we probably count four yeah. hundreds the same way that you guys would count three hundreds, and our our oh, perfect really? game is four fifty. But even fifty. Yeah. But even four hundreds are tough and rare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, somebody uh, mentioned uh, one of our Saskatchewan bowlers. Uh, Levi has a perfect game in both, apparently. Oh, yes. uh, I actually oh, wow. asked him, and he doesn't. He doesn't? Okay. No. So, so uh, Sarah, 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 you're wrong. Sarah's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that he did too, but uh, no, I was surprised when he told me he didn't. He had, he, like I said, I think he had 410. I don't know if that's like a 299 or is, like yeah. one missed. or. Yeah. Uh, 410, it can be got a couple different ways, but yeah, it's literally one one miss. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. Some guys go their whole career, um, and they're multiple, multiple national champions and probably top in the game and they'll never throw one, which is, that's, that's so weird to see, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tenpin used to be that way, but ever since yeah. the balls evolved to what they are now, um, I mean, it's not uncommon to see somebody in their first year of bowling shoot a 300. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you guys just played with just straight plastics all the time. That'd be different, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You'd have to – I mean, you wouldn't have to, but it would probably make it a little bit easier if they lowered the viscosity of, and thinned out the oil and, you know, do the 10, 10 squirts on the lane. <laughs> That's a method, man. 10 years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you guys holding up through this whole COVID deal? I mean, I'm it. a gamer now. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm four hours away from my bedtime. It's nine thirty here. I'm four or five hours away from my bedtime. I'll wake up at eleven. I'll have my coffee and I'll just play video games until, you know, two a.m. again. But I do like I do go for a run. It just started getting nice. Like it was sixty-two out, which is fifteen Celsius. Um, today so i went for a run i went did a home workout yesterday I do a home workout today uh just trying to stay active a little bit so i don't you know puff up when the tour starts <laughs> yeah yeah it is scary though not knowing when it's gonna start or yeah I mean, definitely the unknown uh, is definitely a scary thing i yeah, think so... what's gonna yeah sorry go ahead nick i was gonna say what's gonna suck is like all like these events that have been planned like I have a wedding in, in like September. I had a wedding in June. All these, like my career, like bowling, like they're all going to be pushed back and it's going to suck if I have to choose between this wedding and like bowling because you don't, no, no one prepared for this. Like it, this is, it happened a hundred years ago, yeah. 1918, I think it was yeah. like, you don't see this and it's just sucky. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Kerry, did you want to speak on the C5 championship? Yeah, um, not to get off the 10-pin thing, but um, yesterday the Canadian 5-Pin Bowlers Association made their announcement um, that their national events, so they hold uh, a big scratch event called the Open, um, where there's provincial qualifiers all year to to make teams for that. Um, That's been cancelled, and the Interprovincial, which is the pins over average version of the same event, is also canceled. 
Um, it's horrible to see that a, a national event is canceled. Um, but like, like Nick said, this has never happened in our lifetimes. And some people are gonna have to make some sacrifices and move the sport forward. Um, we can't dwell on it too much. Um, there's been lots of talk on the boards that people wanna postpone their teams to the following year. That's all, I guess, I'll say my piece about it that's all well and good i i think that is an option just what are you going to do about all those players that maybe didn't qualify or didn't have an option to play this year to qualify for it now they're going to have to wait two years to play for their next national event um is that really fair to them is that fair to the proprietors that run leagues that are banking on these players coming to play some of these players might think, well, I have nothing to qualify for this year. Maybe I'll take a year off a league. Mm -hmm. I agree it's, with you. Uh, it affects a lot of people. It's not just those three teams that qual or those specific people that qualified for that provincial event, right? Or that national event. It's the whole sport we got to look at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just did an announcement. I th yeah. About Team USA um, postponing or canceling everything this year because world bowling canceled all their events so team usa said we're not gonna have anything like no camp nothing but we're gonna put you on the team next year mm -hmm. and it's gonna have the same team members and then they're gonna have the same um qualifying qualification next year so yeah you know and if you like so with ours it's 30 games over f six days um and then uh, our notes, 30 games over five days, six, yeah, six game blocks. And then the top four, because we do a point. So you, you bowl, it's a tournament each day. So if I take first, Mitch takes second, um, Carrie would take third. I would get one, Mitch would get two, and then Carrie, you get three points. And you do that every day for five days in a row. So it's just kind of like, and there are different patterns, kind of just so consistency. So like, and then at the end, top four automatically get it so they're doing that for next year and then they pick uh like five more as well so they're gonna have a bigger bigger team next year for sure but i feel like it's mm -hmm. it is what it is um i'm fortunate enough to be on the team this year and next year but for the people that you know don't get to try out kind of kind of sucks though i mean yeah. you work so hard for it what really sucks is for the people that um did qualify for those events as juniors who age out. Yeah. That oh yeah. Really Cause we, I mean, with the Canadian team, at least like there's some players that were in their like 20 or 21, whatever the last year is and next year, they'll be 22. So they won't be able to, so they just lost it. They just lost it. Basically that, that really yeah. sucks. We're in the same was sort Sarah of one of them. I don't know. I don't know who exactly was, but I mean, in, in every level, you're going to see that, which really sucks. Yeah. Because I mean, the sure. phantoms are now going to be juniors, so they don't make their spot. Like all those things. Yeah, we uh, we have a couple bowlers out of our local center, um, Jenna Lamaru and Tyler Titget. They're both like absolute phenomenal players, and Tyler's already winning cash tournaments, and um, he's losing his last year well not yet uh, we don't know what's going to happen with our four steps but i mean the way everything is going it's his last year of four steps he's the most decorated youth bowler there's ever been um and he's going to lose his last year potentially of ybc 
Nationals, um, and he lost his first year of the Open qualifying too. So um, I feel I feel really bad for those people. Um, yeah, they they lose a ton. I, I think there is going to be like a little bit of a tough situation coming up. I think each province for us personally, you're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with each other. I mean, um, I know in Alberta, like what Carrie was kind of alluding to, we've already sort of discussed um, just no rolling over teams next year. This kind of a council season, we'll just redo it next year kind of thing. Um, because it just snowballs. What do you do the year after? What do you do the year after that kind of thing? Um, I know Mitch can sort of attest, like, you know, Canada's a little bit different, I think, because uh, obviously I think our numbers are okay. I'm not going to try to talk about COVID, but my political stance were, I think we're okay. Um, I think you guys are going to have a, a tough time with international travel for a long, long time for, for 10 pinners, not just American, just 10 pinners in general. Yeah. yeah I think that's going to be a tough time for you guys in a long time. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. Right? I mean, it looks like Western Canada is pretty good. Um, I, I know Eastern doesn't look like they're doing too well. I mean, there's like no. over 30,000 cases over there. Yeah. Hmm. It's not good. But I mean, like we, we heard like maybe June, we might be able to reopen up. So, I mean, that's fingers crossed, but I'd be limited probably with, you know, limitations and stuff yeah. like that. I, I just, I just, it's going to be a tough time. Like fortunately five pin is just a Canadian game. You guys are so international. Like, I think that will really, I don't know if that's going to affect you guys longer than just this year. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, we'll probably see a ripple for a while. Um, yeah. About, yeah. About that. Well, because, like, I go to, like, Italy and Spain every year, and those are, like, one of the two most deadliest yeah. countries right now with yeah. the virus. Yeah. And I feel I feel like one year might not be long enough. Who knows? Like, and I, I've read the reports, like, there may be a second strand coming through in the fall because it's going to get warmer, and then right back in October, it's – on you know well for minnesota and canada september where it gets cold again but <laughs> the second yeah. the second second strand might come back around and push everything back again yeah yeah it's uh you just it, it sucks not i mean like obviously humans are built to they want to know things they just like some people are very good at planning and they just want to know like when can i do this like especially when it comes to jobs but yeah i know they canceled italy if i'm reading correctly they canceled lucky larson in sweden um which they, what they're doing is interesting they're they don't have any lockdowns or anything like that but yeah yeah, yeah it's just interesting mm-hmm. but uh not traveling internationally means i uh, get to golf more this summer so i'm uh, looking to buy a new driver and a couple new uh, wedges there <laughs> 600 bucks a week yeah well, the problem the worst thing that's going to happen is when my work opens up May 4th. <laughs> that means <laughs> I can't claim unemployment and I'm not going to make $670 a week. <laughs> I have to work. I actually have to work. <laughs> so you guys are opening a, up May 4th. Yeah. As of now, um, the, I know some states try to open up recently. Yeah like a phase thing and yeah. they reported their most cases. I don't know if there's a, if there's any significance with that, um, but as they can keep closing. I don't keep it closed and just, <laughs> I'll take that money. I like what... <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so Nick, do you, you come to Calgary every year for this tournament? 
Yeah, I've got, uh, gone two years in a row. Um, I'm not sure if I can come this year, if it's the same weekend. I don't know if there's a wedding that weekend that I'm invited to. Uh, but if I'm not in, like going to be part of that wedding or anything, I will definitely go up to Calgary. And hopefully Mitch can come this year because he didn't show mm -hmm. up last year. We should. Uh, yeah, if we go back to Calgary, you guys should come out for sure. Yeah, yeah we should. I don't should, know if you're do, all uh, from Calgary or, all, or Edmonton, but uh, and we're, we're all from mostly Edmonton. Enough. Yeah, he. Two hours. Carrie's kind of in like the middle yeah. of nowhere, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we should have a, a nice little five pin, ten pin challenge or something going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, as long as we all get to go to a hockey game in Edmonton, I'll drive up. To <laughs> Deal. Edmonton. Yeah, we, we, we can make that happen. Yeah. yeah. You bet. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Blues fan, so I I'm not. Uh, sure uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> and the Blues. Al McKinnis, actually. I, I grew up in Calgary, so I was a big McKinnis fan, and he got traded in 94. I went with him. So it, it, okay. it's, it's been a fair, very fair. long time. So I can tell you, uh, 94 is the year I was born. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a little older than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, where did we, we went to a, a Flames? I've been to a Flames Wild and Flames King game. The Flames and Kings, that was pretty barbaric i can't even imagine what a flames oilers game is like i that's, that's the one i want to be a part of yeah i want to be part of that we're hoping for playoffs this year and if that's the case i mean, I mean if it if it starts yeah exactly <laughs> i'm sure you've seen the highlights from this year it's been it's been violent uh <laughs> i uh the problem like this virus stopped hockey obviously and I, i'm a wild fan and the Wild had won like four or five in a row, and they're like one or two points out of the playoffs, and then it stopped. Who knows what's going to happen? Let's yeah. say they take the top. Let's say they take the playoffs. Then two points out, and there are seven games left. Like, yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the sucky part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. all this fire stuff went down, we were in Vegas, and it happened cool. so fast. Yeah, it was a matter. I think I flew out three days late if that maybe three days at the most later and i originally was going to stay for the draft because they're going to hold it and then they had a players meeting where all the internationals like there's you know swedish british you know they all have to get home because their countries are going on lockdown and just you know it happened so i've never seen anything like that i don't think yeah. anyone has like it as soon as like so all fast. the major sport leagues announced yeah. that they were yeah. postponing their schedules like the whole world stopped it seemed yeah like. it was crazy yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll say kudos to all those companies that are like not giving you like late fees and they'll change like airplane airlines and yeah, you know, like, like all these stuff. credit card companies. Yeah, gyms like this is like kudos to them for like understanding. I feel like you don't I going forward, they're gonna put this in insurance policy. Like if there's a world outbreak, <laughs> then they'll get saved on it. But I feel like they had to do what they had to do. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being in Vegas with all this stuff going down. Yeah, and as soon as we left, like two days later, the that's when they shut down the strip. Yeah. <laughs> so we were. And who would have uh, thought we'd ever see that day? Oh yeah, and it was a ghost town. Like all those pictures that are circulating on Facebook, that yeah. was that was Insane. incredible. Never Absolutely. seen that. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, uh, we've gone on for almost two hours um we're gonna <laughs> shut down the stream here nick and mitch you're more than welcome to stay on after um we usually stay and talk for a little bit but uh 
I just want to thank you guys for joining us on a five pin podcast. Um, being professional 10 pin bowlers, we, we couldn't appreciate it enough. Yeah, thank yeah, you so fun. much, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I feel like we could have so gone for, for more. I think there's so many questions to be asked and comparison. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, well hey, maybe in a couple of weeks, if you guys still aren't working, still aren't doing your thing, come back on. We'll have you. Yeah. 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 Just want to show everyone. Yeah, I'm supporting the I'm supporting Canada. You know, I got the pitter patter. You know, they're Kenny. <laughs> I'm rocking that. All right. Oh, I love it. You guys, I love it. Have you guys heard of Letter Kenny? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it's an American show, right? <laughs> um, I do have one quick stab for you guys, but uh, how does it feel being asked to be on a five pin bowling podcast before Bull DMC asks you to be on their podcast? <laughs> oh, oh. Cool. I don't know. Be on theirs. Yeah, clearly. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, only, we're only in the same house every day. Maybe they need to talk to someone new. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this will. Right. right now, this is cooler. Yeah. Make sure to let them know that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for supporting the Patreon and you know all those listeners out there that support us. We uh, pr- appreciate the Patreon and all the house support. Yeah, and I guess this is a good time to plug anything you guys got going on. If you want to plug any of the stuff, obviously the house Patreon would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. just the house. Uh, buy yeah, for, buy the for shirt. Those that uh, don't know, like Nick and I are part of a house of I think we're at ten people now. Um, it all yep. started with a, a video vlog started by Brad and Kyle. It kind of just showcases yep. our lives through uh, the PBA tour. Um, we're just a, a bunch of guys struggling to try and you know live our dreams, and we bring YouTube with us through that. Um, and, we got and, the house. Uh, yeah, we got the house. We got Brad and Kyle. <laughs> Support them. Twitch.tv slash vitamin D Tang, I think. Is that, is that, is that his uh, Twitch? Old <laughs> DMC podcast. And uh, yeah, that's it. I think I nailed them all. Yeah. Happy with that. That was good. I like it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate thanks it, guys. So much, guys.